Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today. We've got our evening with medium events coming up on August 23rd and December 13th. Tickets are on sale at the website by sarlow.com. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. They are 10 minute shows that air the first week of each month. They are held in an archive on the website by sarlo.com. So if you are looking for emotional or spiritual intelligence and tools for that, you can go to the site and go back. Check them out. While you're there, we also have coffee mugs for sale. They're $15 and they have our logos on them. And last but not least, we have personal sessions and gift certificates available. And last but not least, we have gift certificates and personal sessions available. You can purchase and experience those from anywhere in the world via Skype, telephone, FaceTime, and now Zoom. I'm getting super excited, Kelly, because our podcasts are going to be going to video pretty soon. Yes. We have all of our equipment purchased and ready to go and set up thanks to Ed Regan. Yeah, now we just need to learn how to use it. (laughs) And then everything will be on YouTube so people can watch us record the shows. Yeah, we have a lot of exciting things coming up in the next year. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's start for today's show. Well, let's rewind because one of the most exciting things that happened for us was last week. And that was our podcast with Sally Winston. Oh my. Yes. Sally was on the show talking about overcoming unwanted and intrusive thoughts, something that we all have, but some of us are disturbed by. Right. We have a harder time kind of moving past them and not letting them run the show, I'll say. Oh my God. Yeah. That's why clients often call because they get stuck in those a particular thought pattern. Like, will he ever leave her? Is he going to come be with me? That's an unwanted intrusive thought mm-hmm. because it is having a destructive impact on your life. Yes, she did a phenomenal job on the show. She was one of our benchmarks mm-hmm. um, or milestones having another author on. Mm-hmm. And now we're moving on to more exciting stuff. Yeah, this is a client story. This is Medium and it is a client that called in um, Sue. So Sue wanted to know if I could get anything for Medium. She was looking for a connection to a spouse that had passed over and his name is Mitch. So she told me that at the beginning of the session that she's looking for her husband, Mitch. And he gave me no difficulty, no hardship whatsoever in wanting to come through to help out his wife. But holy shit, did he hit her between the eyes? Because the first thing she said after consent was over was, Sue's a hypocrite. And I'm like, good starter. Awesome, Mitch. (laughs) How the hell do I lead into a session with that? (laughs) He didn't give a shit. He didn't care about my discomfort. That was my stuff. And I had to be able to recognize that actually that was my human stuff. Being afraid of being judged by somebody by just opening with something that wasn't all nice, like he has brown hair and he says he loves you. And I mean, as mediums, we do really enjoy doing some of that stuff. But he wanted to get right to the point. He felt that he had just a short period of time to say a lot of messages to her. So I just said, okay, if that's the way it's going to be, then let's suck it up and go. So I said, Sue, if it's really, truly open and you want to hear anything, then the very first statement out of Mitch's mouth is that you are a hypocrite. 
And I'm just looking at her like, okay. <laughs> so I'm just looking to see, is this going to be a go, like continue? Or is this a, well, screw you, Karen, and I'm out of here and I'm done with this session, click, kind of thing. And there was a long pause. I'll say long because it felt long to me. But there was a little bit of a pause and she said, um, I don't really like where you're going with this. And I said, yeah, I can understand that. And I said, um, but is it accurate? And she said, you just want to know if it's accurate? And I said, sure. And she goes, well, I would say so. And I'm like, holy crap. Okay, good. Then may I continue? And she goes, yeah, it's not what I was expecting. I thought you were going to say nice things to me, but yeah, okay. She goes, what do you mean by that? She goes, and I said, well, do you not know what a hypocrite means? Or do you mean like that you want me to give you specific examples of what Mitch is saying to prove that it's Mitch so that you are testing to see if this is actually medium and it's that kind of game? And she goes, yeah, I think it's that kind of game. I'm just trying to see if you actually are accurate about any of this. And I said, oh, okay. I said, um, I see how this is going to work. Mitch says to me, my wife is not nice to anybody. Don't take this personally. This is not about you. This is what she does to every human being, including her children and I. This is how she treats us. So he says, if you want to give her a first example that she, where she's truly a hypocrite, she would be super nice to people in the community, to the neighbor's kids. She would have them over into our house and make sure that they got ice cream treats. But if those kids weren't around, she wouldn't have given them to our own kids. There were lots of instances, and he says, I can give you tons of them, where her hypocrisy comes through and how she will treat others differently than the people in our own home. Or the hypocrisy of, I'm allowed to do something and the kids aren't. Or that today you can, but tomorrow you can't. So even within the family unit, that there's so much going on there where there's double standards all the time, that it's just a constant state of confusion so that nobody ever knows. So this was like super control. So I, And she goes, say that again. And I said, so this is super control. And she goes, well, I never thought of being a hypocrite as being controlling. And I said, oh, really? And I said, so can you see it now when he's describing it? And she goes, yeah, I can. And I said, can you see how all of those people would be frustrated with you? And she goes, um, nah. like she just kind of gives it a grunt. Like I'm not going to really respond. And I said, well, I don't understand your grunt, so you'll have to say yes or no, please. And she was like, what? And I said, no, you don't get to grunt at me. I'm not one of your children or your deceased spouse. Oh. I'm not one of your neighbors mm -hmm. or one of your people. I said, this is Karen Sarlo. Not, you're not playing me. If you're not going to answer me, we're done. And she goes, What? And I said, no, no, answer. So she, we were like, we had a moment <laughs> of 
what 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 are we going to do here? Does she really want something here? Or is this just about different ways of abusing another person in her life? Mm-hmm. And I'm just the next person on her list. I think that's great for people to hear because I think there are so many individuals who will go to their dentist appointment and abuse the hygienist or the yeah. receptionist. Yeah. They'll they'll take the appointments with professionals and abuse them when they don't have family or friends around. Absolutely. Or if they need, like you say, to do it to someone new. Yes. So she answered me and we got to move on because she's now recognizing that, and and I mean, Kelly, she just continued to do it from time to time. So it may come through in this entire coffee with the Sarlos that she, she may comply once, but then she's like, now I'm pissy. So now I'm going to, I'm just going to be okay for a few minutes because I might want what Karen's going to say. And then, and then once I get what I want, I might just come right back out and attack again. And so when that did occur and she did do that again, I said, oh, Sue, I'm not going to continue to do this with you. This is a pattern that you engage in with people. And I choose not to participate in your patterning. And again, Kelly, there's just this moment of like, you could hear her thoughts like, what the fuck? You could hear her, I'm going to say a little clusterfuck in her head of, well, what can I do next on my repertoire of abuse? And I said, Sue, I can hear your thoughts. Like, I can hear you. <laughs> and she and she goes, what? I said, I can hear that you're actually like, almost like going through a book, like trying to figure out what you can do next to get control over me or to abuse me. And I'm telling you, I can hear your thoughts, so I know which one you're going to do next. And I said, so I'm always going to bring it back to the fact that I'm not going to allow you to do it. So we either have to figure that out right here and right now in this conversation. Or when I say I am done with this session, I mean, I am done with it as in I'm hanging up. And she was like, um, like, and then you could totally feel a shift in her. Like, I just don't know what else to do. And at that point, when I heard her thought, I started giggling. That makes sense. <laughs> and then she started giggling. And she goes, okay, um, so do you know now that I just don't know what to do? And that's what I'm thinking. And I went, uh-huh. That's why I'm giggling. And she goes, oh, my God. And we just, we just had this moment over the phone together. Mm-hmm. Where she's just, I think, having one of her actual moments of, oh my God, I feel good. Yeah, this is something I've really been enjoying in the last little while, where people have written in for testimonials, talking about how much the messages are very difficult to hear, but they're delivered with so much love and kindness from both of us that it's palatable. Mm -hmm. And that even in this kind of a situation where someone like Sue is aggressive Mm -hmm. and abrasive, she can still sit back and actually engage in a moment of true giggles because vulnerability is the only option at this point, but it's being presented with so much kindness and patience, but firmness. And no shaming. Mm -hmm. It's, It's this beautiful dynamic of characteristics um, where everything's just open. Mm-hmm. Really and honestly, we enjoyed our moment. I believe it. And really and honestly, in that very moment, my 
my human turned on. And in the silence and in the little giggle, I took a quick moment to say, thank you, Patricia, Beverly and Jal, <laughs> Sally Winston, Susan Forward, Melody Beattie, Nina Brown, all of these beautiful women that I have spent so long reading and learning from and speaking to. Because it does bring into a session a level of emotional intelligence to be able to do that with somebody, to set a boundary and to have the confidence in myself to do that. And to be quite okay and not judge her that if she hung up on me, that I'm quite okay just to turn around and go do some gardening or get my sketchbook out and move on. And not sit there and call back and think, oh my God, I lost a client. What if she talks about me? Nothing. So there's there's a real real sense of gratitude on my part. And I want to say too, I think if I'm still getting all of this correctly from her, a sense of gratitude that there was no shaming in it so that she could sit in it for a moment and do her own level of processing of something to be able to sit and say, okay, what else does Mitch want to say? So when we get to this point and Mitch now can say, I participated I allowed you to get away with being a hypocrite. So when you did things to the kids and you had a double standard for something and they were hurt, I said things like, oh, your mom's just tired. Oh, your mom's just in a bad mood. It's just a bad day. Oh, something happened at work. He said, I had my repertoire of things that were just blatant excuses for your behavior. And I am ashamed now, so this is him on the other side, I went through a period of being ashamed of my behavior, that I was the adult in that family. I was the other adult that was supposed to hold you accountable and make you feel safe and loved to grow. And I didn't. So I failed you. I failed me. And I failed these kids that didn't have a healthy example from either parent. In spite of the fact, he says to her, that I thought that I was the better parent. I thought you were a shit show and I was keeping the family together. You just fed the shit show. Yeah. And she says to me, he thought he was the better parent. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Isn't that so it's so perfect though isn't it yeah it's I think it's great because we really do all live in our own worlds yes and so she said Kate continue I'm just going to listen because my head is so spinning right now but good I'm, for her yeah and she goes but I'm just going to sit and listen to this and I'm hoping that this is going to get some place for me today so I said okay I'll check in with you as we're going through to make sure we do get to that place before your session ends so Mitch says well he says you know I enabled her to do all of those things. I'm part of all of that. And I even was confronted by my own children by some of those statements like, oh, daddy, is mommy just in a bad mood again? Oh, dad, did mom just have a bad day again? He says, I fed them the freaking lines and they gave them right back to me. He said right through teenage, right through going through marriages, right through our daughter and our sons getting married, like right through every single piece of this, there's a training and there are certain statements. And I thought that was was 
really interesting, Kelly, because that's probably true of most families, mm-hmm. that they have their statements. Yeah. I And I think immediately to kind of statements where parents are yelling at their kids, and I call it kind of like a yell whine, where they are, it's not healthy, nothing about it is healthy. And it's, well, where are you going? And what are you doing? And I'm asking because I love you. And it's this aggressive tone and demand for information. Mm-hmm. And the kid grows up hearing or the partner gets conditioned hearing this because I love you, because I love you. And love should never sound like because I love you. Right. How confusing because you're hearing the words I love you with all that anger. Yeah. And all that desire to control you. And then fight and engage in this friction. Mm-hmm. So I said, Mitch, like, what the hell was up with that? And he goes, I thought that was my purpose. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Honestly, that's just how I talk to dead people. And people. (laughs) And people. I said, Mitch, like, really? And he's sitting there looking at me, uh, sitting on the treatment table. Because I'm sitting in the chair in the treatment room. And I said, so you think this is a life purpose? Keeping your hypocritical wife happy? And keeping the kids in a reality that isn't even close to anything that's healthy? How did he die? Heart attack. Yeah. And he says, yeah. He says, I I thought this was my purpose. He says, I really believed that I couldn't, you know, leave my wife or I was attracted to another woman at one point. And he says, I really wanted to try to leave my wife and try a new relationship with a new person. But I kept going back to the fact that probably this was my purpose. And my friends told me that you can't, you can't, you can't leave. You can't leave your kids with a batshit crazy wife like that. And so wouldn't argue that part. But that doesn't make it a life purpose. I'm just can take them with you. Right. But he doesn't even think in that way. His friends don't say things to him like, leave her and take the kids with you. They don't say that. Mm-hmm. They say things like, you can't leave the kids with her. She's batshit. And so her ability or her, her stuckness on uh, this hypocritical kind of life so that she can get what she wants. And she goes, say that again. And I said, well... You live a life of hypocrisy so that you can get what you want. It's your way to control. Mm-hmm. It's your super duper power. <laughs> it like, well, and I'm making fun of that. That's not a real superpower, but she thinks Are it is. Are you explaining this to me? Right. <laughs> but she thinks it's her superpower. Mm-hmm. Like in all honesty, you know, when you play games and someone says, hey, if you could have any superpower, what would you pick? And someone says, oh my God, I'd want x-ray vision. She wants to be a hypocrite. Isn't that uncomfortable? Yes, it's nasty, eh? Mm-hmm. But I have to say, like, as much as the conversation today sounds like this, we had some good laughs I, in the I session. I believe that. Yeah. Because I said things like, so you think this is your superpower? And she just started laughing. Mm-hmm. And she says, you mean like x-ray vision? She And we are laughing when she says, and so mine is being a hypocrite, right? And I said, yes. Yeah, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like this is, 
so pathetic. Yes. I need to laugh for a moment. Yeah. Good for her. That's great. Oh, absolutely. So then she said things to me like, well, can you kind of get to the point where I wanted this to go? And I said, well, wait, I'll ask Mitch where this is supposed to go. And he says, well, it's supposed to go to the fact that our kids are all now married. They all have children. I've died. I just died about a year ago. So I said, oh, Sue, Mitch died a year ago. And she goes, yeah, why? I said, oh, I just want to make sure I'm getting my facts right. Give me a second. I said, okay, Mitch, keep going. That was correct. And he says, well, the kids are married. There are our grandchildren and there are our grandchildren on the way. And the in-laws have gotten together and have decided they're not putting up with her bullshit and that they all know that she's a hypocrite. And it's the in-laws that are bringing the bitch down. Oh. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God. Okay, this is going to be super fun. But this is my idea of fun, right? Same. Okay. So I said, Sue, I said, if I'm correct, what Mitch is telling me is that you're going down. And she goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, you're going down in the family, the matriarchal stuff, the hypocrisy, the way you run everything. You're, you're the dynasty dying. And she goes, yeah, you could say that. That's why I'm calling. And I said, and I see glasses of wine. And she goes, yep. She goes, just out of curiosity, red or white. And I said, no, you're testing me. I'll pass on that question. Don't be bitchy with me. I love you. I said, if we're actually getting to the point, don't throw out little things like that just to say, are you any good? But that would also be her mechanism of deflection, which I'm sure she's using with others. Absolutely. If you're getting to the point of introducing something I don't like... I'm going to throw it in a different direction. Exactly. And I said to her, let's stick to the point that what he's saying is, is that your in-laws, your daughters-in-law and your son-in-law have gotten together, the three of them, and have decided that they're taking you down because they have the three kids. They have your three children. They know their power. Mm -hmm. And they have come together to say that they love your children and they are going to keep healthy marriages They are going to break the patterns and they want all of their children, cousins, to be able to grow up together and that you will not divide and conquer through your own methods. Your rule is over. And she said, yeah, that's the point. That's the question. And I said, so actually you booked this appointment just to ask Mitch what you should do about the children. And she goes, yeah, that uh, was medium. And I just really wanted to know how to solve this problem. I would start with an apology. Yeah. And I said, and so your answer was that you're a hypocrite. And that that is the issue. So it's not about trying to confront any of the in-laws. The issue is about you. And it's about your own behaviors, your own belief system. And she goes, oh, stop. What do you mean about my belief system? And I said, well, Sue, come on, sweetie. I said, you have a belief system that this is the only way to keep your kids together or happy or under your control or listening to you or feeding your ego. I said, instead of feeding your ego, why don't you feed your heart for a while and fill up your heart with who your children and your children-in-law and who your grandchildren actually are? 
I said, instead of focusing on playing games with everybody, why don't you actually just sit down and get to know them? There's just this huge long pause. Nothing, nothing on the phone. I couldn't hear a thing for a while. I thought the line had gone dead. I thought, oops, Kate went too far. And after, I don't know, just I let that be for a little bit. I'd say maybe a couple of minutes. Um, I heard the blowing of the nose. I heard the tear-filled voice. So she had stepped away and had a cry. And came back and sat down and said, Okay, so it's been 45 minutes. Now I have 15 minutes left with you. So what do I do? I need, I need to I need to do something because you're telling me flat out in this conversation that my children-in-law and my children are on to me. And I said, "Yes, and they're preparing. They're they're educating themselves. They've got comebacks, they've got boundaries. They're going to walk out as a group." And she goes, um, they're already walking out as a group when I pull shit. She says, if I even go to the wine cupboard to take more than my first glass, they all leave. Not one, not not one family, all three. Or if just two of them are there or just the grandkids, the grandkids will freaking call their parents and they come pick them up and they take them all out the door. And I said, oh my God, I fucking love your family. And she was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I don't. And I said, yeah, that's a good thing that you don't like that. That's a really good thing. I said, because it's actually healthy and you might not like anything that's healthy for a while because you haven't been there for so long that it's going to make you feel uncomfortable. And I said, but that can change in time to be a good thing because what they're trying to say is that they're giving you chances so there's, he, Mitch is saying that they still do come back two or three days later. They will come back on the weekend. So they do give you chances. And she went, oh, well, that's really true. They do come back. And I said, yeah, that's not going to go on forever. And she goes, what do you mean? And I said, no, that's limited. They're monitoring it to do a complete walkout away from you. They're preparing that you'll never change. And that they are all preparing to grieve your loss. And I said, but they're also preparing that they are going to give their children another person to grandparent them. And she was like, what the hell? And I said, yeah, they have some people in the neighborhood, older people that they really like. And they've been inviting them for dinner. They have been inviting them to mow the lawn or to sit on the back deck. They're replacing you. She didn't think she was replaceable. Isn't that freaking amazing? Mm -hmm. She didn't think she was replaceable because she pushed three kids out of her vagina. What the fuck is that? Mm -hmm. Like, talk about a screwed up thinking system. And this little group of three plus three... And that's what we got to call them by the end of the session, three plus three, <laughs> had become this just absolutely powerful group. Family. Yeah. Where they were making the focus on their own marriages instead of mommy issues. They picked each other as partners 
and they picked each other as brothers and sisters. And the in-laws saw themselves as family. Mm -hmm. And it's what they wanted for each of their children. They want their children to see aunts and uncles as equals to if mom and dad aren't here, my aunt and uncle will take care of me. Mm -hmm. They really wanted the unit and she just was not going to fit. They were willing to give her an opportunity to try, and that was it. There was a due date. There was a done. I said, Sue, you're almost expired like the milk in the fridge. And she went, whoa. And I said, there is a date to this. There is a by when. You do only get so many tries or so many instances of what you do when they will actually sit down and say, we're, we're good. We're all good to go. Because this is a group that's preparing life without you. So it's just a choice. And Mitch is here today to tell you, it's a choice, babe, you get to do what you want to. But at least now you know all about it. There's no being a victim in it. You get to pick and choose what you want to do. When you die, you're going to get to see this day that you got told all of this. Cool, eh? That's a good hour. I think it was too. And 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 given how it started, I was surprised we made it. Mm-hmm. I really was. Yeah, that's great though. Yeah. And we'll see where it goes because at the end of the hour, her comment was, thank you, which was nice. Mm-hmm. I appreciated. Thank you. And she said, Karen, um, I will be back in touch with you. She said, uh, I think I need a lot more out of this, but I need to process it. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a good process. It was a good one hour mm-hmm. start. She has to think. about, And I guess maybe about what she could lose here. Risk reward. Yes. And imagine trying to say, geez, I'd rather be a hypocrite and lose all of the people in my life, but hold on to being a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And you know, somebody listening might think, well, nobody would do that. And I would say, oh my God, no. 90% of the population picks shit like that over their kids. Mm-hmm. They do. They let, they let the kids all disappear and go on with their own lives and they stay in their shit. Yeah. It's something I like to do at the beginning of life coaching sessions because oftentimes they will come actually from referrals from you um, or if I've seen them as clients for channeling. And we do, we do the assessment of everything in their life that they are happy with, everything that they're looking to change. And then the risk reward of if you don't go through with the changes that we're talking about, the potential changes, what do you risk losing? Mm-hmm. Oh, I like how you've tied that all together because somehow that was coming through in her session mm-hmm. um, and you've just worded it differently for people to hear. Yeah. And, and, you know, some people might say, well, you're focusing on the negative. Sure. Because some of our brains work like that. I can still ask you the same question of Mm -hmm. what is it you want to receive from coaching? What Mm -hmm. do you want to gain? But oftentimes the idea of the reward is not enough because if I don't get there, oh, well, I'm already here. Right. The reward is meaningless. Mm -hmm. It's what we risk losing that actually lights the fire under our ass to keep going. I think about weight loss when you say that. Mm -hmm. I think about health as I'm aging, that 
when when you give that as an example. Now we're off topic from the, the this session. This is a good example though. Yeah, because I remember gaining 15 pounds and thinking, well, if I'm really going to work hard to try to be fit and to be healthy, then if I just focus on that, that's okay. That's a goal. But if I also realize what the loss could be if I don't do it, then I know for certain, remember I was telling you how my knuckles were hurting because of the foods I was eating mm-hmm. and that my fists were, or my hands, I'd wake up in the morning and my knuckles were so swollen that I couldn't get my rings on and I'd have to crack them and so on and so on. So risk reward. Do I risk getting arthritis in my fingers? Do I risk getting it in other parts of my body? And I think people don't even or aren't able to take that further because if we can't conceptualize what arthritis means, let's say for me at 31 Mm -hmm. and I think, oh, well, it's got to be so far away. I don't care. It's not technically a risk in my head yet. But if I think about risking that much pain that it means I can't color, write, paint, garden, all those things that you've been keeping up with or creating in your own life, then there's a risk. There's an immediate understanding of the effect of that risk. Yeah. And if it means that I can't type or write, then can I actually do my job? And if I can't do my job, then do I lose my income? If I lose my income, do I lose my home? Yeah. So when you say what you might lose could motivate you more than what you could gain, mm-hmm. I can I can see both sides to that. Yeah. And I and I it's important for people to be able to think forwards and backwards. Right. Because some of us it, it only hits home one in one direction. And I know sometimes if I'm standing in the kitchen and I want something, my goal to be healthy is what grabs me. I want to be healthy, so I'm okay. And at very two seconds later in that same situation in the kitchen, I could swing to, oh, but the other thought is, no, I don't want to eat something sugary because the sugar is not good for me. It will cause the inflammation. So I know I can go from thinking from the positive to the negative all within like 60 seconds. And both are productive is Ex- the point. Yes. And and we talk about this a lot in health coaching being that you focus on crowding in rather than focusing on lack and what I need to crowd out. Well, I guess Sue has to figure out um, if she's doing both or one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. And if she's going to see somehow that the changes will give her good things in her life, and focusing on, geez, it might give me a relationship with my children and my daughters and son-in-law and my grandchildren. Or is it, do I focus on that I could lose all of that if I don't change? Or both. As I said, she could go back and forth. Good. Well, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I, I really enjoyed it, even though it was a little bit tough. Um her thoughtfulness and her patience to kind of try and work through it. Or actually, maybe Kelly, it wasn't her thoughtfulness and patience. Maybe it was just her fear. Had her sit through that hour to see what she could get out of it. Mm -hmm. Which I think is common in some of the sessions with some people. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. And I am aware of that. So there is a level of checking in to say, how are you doing? And can we continue? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Okay, so if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at bysarlo.com. 
Otherwise, have a beautiful weekend and a reminder that Sips of Sanity is out on Monday morning.